Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, we get a chance to get to know the NF NBA commissioner, David Stern, who joins us, Mike and Chris. Yes, ROW in Albany here on Sports Radio 66. Commissioner, it was a wonderful story about UNSI. Great to have you with us today. How are you doing? It's always a pleasure, as you know. Thank you, Commissioner. We got a chance to know you a little bit. I mean, that was, I know you didn't like that, you know, too much private stuff. The whole world got a chance to delve into what makes David Stern tick with Jack McCallum and SI. I think McCallum violated his undertaking to me, but I forgave him. Oh, you came across, you had to be happy with that story, right? Uh, I never happy about personal anything personal, but it was a very it was a very nice story. It know? was it was a very interesting story. It was good to see you got that much steam going at uh, at sixty four. You were flying. I mean, he said, "Why you, shouldn't you be flying?" You guys, you know, I'm getting sensitive about my age these days. I will tell you though, it sounds like you can uh, keep up with the best of them. Well, you know, Monday was uh, opening uh, night in Miami, and we uh, also stopped on the way down for a sad event, Red Auerbach's funeral. Yesterday, right back up in uh, Boston with a stop in New York to to uh, be part of opening night at the Celtics, and uh, I'm actually resting now, guys. And, How about uh, that? Well, tomorrow, guys. Toronto, Sunday, New Orleans. You, if you want to come, let me know. Well, <laughs> you know, we'll make one of those trips with you. Let's start with with. No, Red no. Auerbach. The only trip you're going to make with me is with WNBA. I know. I promise. One of these years, I promise. Now, Red Auburn, start there. You know, everyone talks about the competitiveness and everything else, and I like to focus on the fact that he was actually a big cream puff inside who, if you um, didn't let him help you or your family out in New England, he became offended because he always wanted to help his friends. And he was very much a, a gentleman, uh, and uh, I just, uh, we loved him. And, uh, of course, he was all the other things. He's a gruff, tough uh, you know, wouldn't give any quarter if he was competing with you. And growing up as a Knicks fan, I didn't like him a lot. Uh, but, uh, you know, we lost a person who had been with us for every opening night in the history of the league. Boy, that is, a- that is amazing. That. No, that is amazing. And also left as, you know, big a footprint as you could on the league. Too, oh, my I God. I mean, you know, the Celtics were the league for a period of time in terms of uh, their championship run. There was nobody else. That, does it bother you that he liked to play little mind games with opponents? I know the Lakers used to moan and groan about 97 degrees in a locker yeah, room. I tell you the truth. I think a lot of that was just he had so outsiked them that if anyone sweated, they blamed it on red. But I'm not sure he did all of the things, although he was happy to take credit for doing it. You know, Clyde said last night you know, on the Nick game, he said, you know, one thing about the Celtics, there was never any towels in a locker no room. Towels, there was no towels, no hot water. Never any hot water, yeah. never any air conditioning, never any heat, you know, you name it. And he uh, allegedly did it. Uh, but uh, but so what? Uh, <laughs> it was fun to, it was a great ride. What a what a wonderful life he led. And uh and I, I used the phrase, he was sort of our soul and our conscience when it came to basketball, and he was down to the end. All right, Commissioner, let's start uh, domestically and then get to the global stuff that we just read about in the SI. But let's start with the on-court stuff. Um, we had Rod Thorne on yesterday. I said, Rod, do you think 
they're going to be as strict about demeanor on the court? He says, I think so. Well, you saw it last night. They're handing out technicals. So the message is clear about how you're supposed to act now on the court, right? The message is clear. Play the game. You're the best athletes in the world. Let's give our let's continue to give our fans uh, a great show, which is you playing basketball and not negotiating with the officials. Right. Rashid Wallace, uh, three tees for the Knicks. Rashid Wallace thrown out in the third corner. So already, uh, you, you know. You know, I didn't see the tape. I, I don't know what happened. Uh, but it's a relatively simple, at some point it becomes an IQ test. In other words, if I tell you that if you keep talking to the official, you're going to get a technical, and if you talk beyond that, you're going to get another technical, you're going to get thrown out, then the question is, what are you doing? More power to you. I think it's the best thing uh, you absolutely. could do. The other thing is, I, I found it almost comical that you would utter this line, guys, leave your guns at home. How about guys, no <laughs> guns? <laughs> leave your guns at home. Is this the why? Are we talking to Billy the oh, Kid and Jimmy Ringo? I, I mean, you, you know. I, I'm smiling. Uh, that makes me a big jerk for saying it. But uh, the reality is that uh, many, many professional athletes have guns. All sports have are registered licensed gun carriers. Now, what does that say about society today that they have to well, have guns? I guess what it says is that there are lots of guns out there, uh, unlicensed. You only need to see the litigation that Mayor Bloomberg has brought uh, against gun dealers who are happy to send unlicensed guns into commerce and uh, not wait for periods to check, etc. And people who are celebrities and potential targets think that they need protection, uh, which in some cases, I mean, obviously, they're targets. You've seen what's happening. No question. They should so, have, I'm not I, saying they shouldn't have bodyguards or have okay. security, but, you know, them carrying their own guns is kind of scary, isn't it, it? Well, it is in the sense, from my perspective, that it makes them more likely to be hurt. That's the statistic that I've come to believe, that if you have a gun, it makes it more likely that you're going to get hurt rather than less likely. So, so that's why we negotiated with the Players Association. We didn't, we didn't vote. We didn't negotiate that players can't own guns. We we we. Negotiate. You have no right to do that, right? You can't tell players not to own guns. As a matter of collective bargaining, we probably could. In other oh, words, you probably the, could. Okay. The union and the league, but could. But our first step the last time was to say, okay, you may have licensed guns, but you cannot. Uh, you know, when you're when you're involved with your teams, events, travel, anything like that. You may not carry them. Well, you can't take them across state lines anyway, I don't believe, right? I think it's oh, illegal. Well, it's a long story, but some states say that if you're licensed in another state, it's okay to carry oh, okay. them. But it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because if you're traveling in an NBA business, you can't be carrying okay. them. So, uh, so do, you think the, do you think the NBA last year with James and Wade, or do you think there's still a major issue as far as image is concerned with white corporate America? Well, not corporate, but just white America. I hate to bring that up. Nah, but I, I do think there is still that... Uh, there's still a gap between uh, your, your suburban fan and the NBA player. You think you've closed that summer? I think I think that uh, we're in great shape. I really do. I think that I think that the SI cover with LeBron, uh, Dwayne, and Carmelo says one thing. But the more I look at the rosters that are packed this year with youngsters on the way up, they talk about those three: but Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, uh, you know, Chris Bosh. Um, you know the the veterans. You know, think about KG, Tim Duncan, Kobe, Tracy, Paul Pierce. Uh, you know, Chauncey. You name it. We've got the veterans and the international players are an all-star team onto themselves. So 
I think we're I think we're doing very well. We had a solid season last year, third year of record attendance, ratings were up, and my guess is no, I, I actually I know for sure our attendance is going to be up this year, and my optimistic hope is that our ratings will be up this year, and that's hard to even have that projection because most ratings are going down no matter what. But I think we're going to have a very good year, and I think that. I think that we had a great year last year in terms of our players reclaiming their reputations and and the esteem in which they're now held I think is a result of of people getting to know them. Well, when you brought the I mean you talked about the three on the cover and they made a point in the story of saying that LeBron and Wade had what is considered to be for America superlative Q ratings, where their favorable rating in a country was enormous. I mean, if you're over 20, it's great. And one was 25, one was like 30. So they both had very high ratings. When you brought those guys in, what was your message to to those young stars when you they said they all came to visit? What was your message to those I, guys? You know, it was just a hi. There was no there was no message. It was how you doing? We're going to have a great year together. Keep up the good work, and that's it. And when you're in New York, come by to stop by. Each one was going to be in the city. I think LeBron was shooting the uh, Letterman show and uh, Dwayne was in on uh, not Dwayne, Carmelo was in on some other business. Uh, Just very positive stuff. Do you see LeBron as the guy who has to be that heir apparent to Jordan? Uh, You know, this is a, I give the same answer every time. There is not going to be one. We have, where, where we're going to be at our best is when you see a team coming in and you say, I'd like to go see two or three guys on that team because I hear a lot about them. I want to see the team itself, et cetera. I mean, I think that when you look at the Phoenix Suns with Famari is healthy, if you look at the Chicago Bulls with Ben Wallace, if you look at you know, even Orlando with Dwight Howard maturing and Grant Hill said to be at his healthiest, I think that what's going to carry us now is a bunch of teams who have improved themselves and are going to be playing at a very high level. All right. Uh, and last thing before, Mike wants to hit on some of this international thing. Where do we stand right now uh, locally on Brooklyn as far as the Nets are concerned? I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of things going on there. I know you're in favor of it. We are, too. Uh, they should leave New Jersey. I don't know enough about the land grab aspect of the real estate deal in Brooklyn, but from a basketball standpoint, it makes perfect sense. I know you're four Ratner there. Give me your thoughts on well, them moving to Brooklyn. I think that I know about the same as you know what you read in the newspaper. I don't think it's a land grab. I think that the building itself and the investment that has to be made and bringing a professional sports team to Brooklyn was part of the arrangement that made the project uh, feasible, worthwhile and able to go ahead since it's been undertaken there are there have been delays there have been downscaling uh and there are now a couple of approvals that need to be gotten and we're waiting to see whether or what the timetable is for those approvals and with that if it happens when it happens we will be moving to brooklyn i would guess and i think it's great uh, and i think uh most people think it's great, but if there's no development, then there's no arena and there's no nets in Brooklyn. That's as simple as I can say it. Fascinating what you think about. The, uh, first of all, we know the NBA is very popular in Europe, uh, and fascinating as you trek to Russia and you check to China, because it became very interesting in the story for, for the folks who didn't read it. 
that although you can see yourself as many, many multinational companies, Canon, that are you know anchored in this country, doing business with Russia, doing business with China, you also have trepidation about doing business with them because of their politics and their you know, human rights in China, politics in, I have, in Russia. I mean, it's an interesting uh, thing you have to deal with. McCallum was, uh, was taking a sort of an off-the-record conversation we were having and make it in, making it into a, a publication. Uh, all I can say is that on behalf of the NBA, we're right now, we're planning to go wherever uh, business is, uh, presents itself. Of course, there are issues in the newspaper every day about uh, things going on within China and Russia. Uh, but an interesting kind of a way, I wonder, I read recently that Kim Il-jong was a huge NBA fan. Really? Yeah. There was an article this week that he actually watches games. Oh, really? And I wonder whether hmm. maybe we should uh, send a group of players to calm him. Would that be good or would that be bad? Don't send the paces. <laughs> no, no, well, yeah. <laughs> I thought we'd send them to do a site inspection. But don't so, send Ron Artest, as you know. You know guys, yeah. I'll tell you, I read ESPN Magazine had an article earlier this year uh, about an Iranian basketball league and American players. It had a dozen American players. Wow, playing b-ball in in, uh, in in Iran. Can you imagine? But, I mean, how great is that? And uh, and actually, we had an Iranian player in uh, in one of our basketball without borders camps in Shanghai, a seven foot five player. You know, maybe maybe the world should spend more time playing basketball and but, you know, less doing something else. I but, agree. But, 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 but you'd have to. And listen, it's a very tough spot. You know, you're a businessman. You you got a lot of owners you have to be responsible for, and business in a lot of ways comes first. But yeah, you know, you're you know you're you're very keen. You're an activist. You know what's going on. It does probably trouble you down deep that you do have to make some decisions based on business with some of these countries that don't believe in the same kind of things that you believe in. Right? Well, you know, I guess I would say. The only way that the uh, Beijing games are now going to be uh, played in clean air is that the factories are being shut down for three weeks before the Olympics mm-hmm. so the events can be run and the athletes can breathe and the tourists can enjoy themselves. Well, this isn't an NBA thing. The world is now doing business with China because yeah. it's the great emerging market. But, you know, there's a lot of things about China people don't like. So, I mean, but well, they're still going to do business you know, with them. But by the way, we're going to, you know, NBA comes in peace. Our our website is not uh, filtered, uh, and maybe we can uh, do some good in terms of uh, getting people to, uh, you know, get to know each other. I think Yao Ming is a terrific, terrific ambassador for the People's Republic of China, and it allows a number of Chinese citizens to learn more about the NBA through Yao's travels. So, I try to take a, a positive look, right. and clearly there are enormous amounts of business being done around the world. Russia is a huge market. China is a huge market. Every company that I know of is setting up offices and moving people there, and the NBA is going to be there uh, taking advantage of those opportunities. Commissioner, are you familiar with, or is it past your desk? Now, I just got someone in the newsroom who's a lot younger than us, or me, or even dog here, uh, Hand me this thing about Ron Artest's new new rap song, which includes NBA and you. Are you aware of this at all? Yes, I read about it. Uh, he comes at you pretty hard here. Is there is there any recourse I, from the I NBA? Oh, the only thing I read about was that he wanted to take me into the neighborhood well, here's, and tell me how it is. Well, here it is. I'll read it to you, and you can comment. Here it is. It says, this is from his first song on his new album, I guess, which comes out in two days, a rap album, okay? Which it says... 
Uh, it's called, a song called Haters. I, used, I admit I used to smoke before games, hit the liquor store at halftime. David Stern, damn David Stern, I got to teach you about the ghetto. There's some things you need to learn. Those are the lyrics. That, you know, that doesn't upset me. You think he's still upset that you suspended him for the one year? That's what it sounds like. Well, or... Which is the right thing to do. We all know that. No, but that's, you know, what, what, that's, that's a relatively tame, uh, you know, statement. I don't have a problem with Don't. That. Okay. You know, I, I... I mean, remember, we used to have Dennis Rodman in the league. Yeah, if you can put up with him, you can put up with our test. No, but that's... You know, but I always enough. thought Rodman... The one thing about Rodman, as wacky as he was, I never thought Rodman was in any way destructive to anybody but himself. He was more comical than he was really nasty. I think some of these guys now, like Artest and uh, and a couple other players, are more nasty than they are comical. Now, I must tell you that I, I, I think Ron Artest is actually a, a, you know, is a good kid who comes from very tough circumstances and is taking care of a lot of people and needs to perhaps manage some of his responses better. But... Uh, uh, you know, I don't. I, I really do hope that he has a very productive career. He seems to be well set in Sacramento, and and he's uh, a terrific player. And, he, and yeah, a terrific. And player. if you spent time with him, you would like him. Uh, so, so you have you're okay with Artest? Oh, Do you feel he's got everything under control? Yes, he does, and I hope he keeps it under control. Okay. If, if the if the worst thing that any one ever says about me is they want to take me into the hood to learn about what goes on there. I can live with that. Uh, you know, it's funny. Growing up rooting for those, you know, Ray Felix and those old Nick teams that we were talking about that was written about in SI. Do you ever think that in 50 years after that, you'd be, or 30 years after that, you'd be the NBA commissioner for, <laughs> for 25 to 30 years? Not for a moment. I can assure you. I mean, is it? I mean, uh, uh, is it fortunate that you got, got to this position in sports right now? I mean, uh, hard fortunate, work. Fortunate hard for work. who? Well, I mean, hard. Well, fortunate for us as sports fans, but I mean, hard, fortunate for his accountant. I can that, tell you that, that much. I mean, hard work, obviously. But I mean, did you get a lot of breaks along the way? I mean, I. I mean, how about? Do you think back about how? My goodness, I'm in the NBA commission here for twenty, twenty-five years now. I, I, I um, think about how lucky I am. I got a, you know, I have a terrific job. And I enjoy going to the office every day. What's and, the secret to your longevity compared to the other commissioners? Um, they get burned out. You don't. How no, come? They, that's not so. I mean, you know, come on. Look at Bud. He's, I'm a young man. Bud's, you know, got a few years on me. Do you like? Do you like the? Do you watch the other commissioners to see the jobs? I know you're close to Bettman. How about course. the football and the baseball? Do you watch what they do? Sure, Bud. You know, was a friend, and Paul and I, you know. Uh, our friends, and we know what the other does. And uh, Paul practiced law longer than I did, and then he came into the NFL. So I think, what was he there, 16 years? 16, 16 I think, yeah. yeah. And I'm, he's, I'm a kid compared to Paul. Uh, and how about this? I didn't know you were such a Met fan. How about that Chavez catch? Did you watch Game 7? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I told you, I stopped being a Mets fan when they traded Seaver. No, that's not. That's not. That's not really true. I. Uh, but 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 if you guys, you know, I hate to sound like Vinny from uh, Staten Island, but are you kidding me? Kuzman, Seaver, Matt Lapp, Gentry, yeah. Gentry, and Nolan Ryan. Yes, well, if you go that far, Holy back, Nolan Moses. Ryan. Yes. What happened? I think the Mets are very exciting. I think that. Uh, you know, Fred Wilpon and his family are doing a great job. There. And a big giant football fan. I didn't realize that. You like that you're a big football giant fan. Well, I'm not a big fan. I'm a good fan. I, I, I've had tickets. Walter Kennedy got us tickets 
because he was in a travel agent business with Andy Robustelli. And in 1976, when the uh, uh, Meadowlands opened, when the Meadowlands opened uh, Walter asked a still relatively young lawyer, and not at the NBA yet, whether he, you know, he wanted to buy a couple of season tickets. And we've had those season tickets since 1976. Well, how about that? Good. Mostly for the benefit. Now it's mostly for the benefit of uh, employees of the NBA. It's part of our employee perk program. And the, and the state of the uh, union is? Terrific. Terrific. A new, a new golden era about to start. A new golden era. Yep, those, I, these players. And we didn't have, even mention the TV deal, so we're nice, huh? We didn't even oh, get into you know, any of that. that's okay. You know, I tell you, I was going to ask Chris about the <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told him, I told yeah, him. Yeah, Thanks yeah, for yeah. seeing it up. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, I told him. Commish, great to see you. Great to, you know, it's great to get to know you a little bit through that story, too. So good luck. Keep it going. And if you guys want me to yell at you personally, I'll come over there. Anytime. Uh, no we'll see it again. Anytime. Thanks for covering us. I'll see you at the WNBA. Oh, yeah, you got okay. it. Goodbye. Three o'clock with David Stern, Mike and Couldn't even get him to bite on the test thing, I know you. Good job having that. Well, no, who gave it to Mark? Did they found who found found it? Wow. Just came out. I mean, our test is still very, very spiteful. Do you think I'm going to find that that song? I mean, come on. I enjoyed hearing you read it. Found it. I don't know. (laughs) Wait, I left out. It was was one of the line that didn't pertain to the commissioner. Here it is. Uh, It all pertains to the whole time. I admit I used to smoke before games, hit the liquor store at halftime. David Stern, damn David Stern, I got to teach you about the ghetto. There's some things you need to learn. Matt Lauer up on NBC, you look like a girl, don't talk to me. Because remember, he went on Lauer the uh, next Lauer, day. Yeah. So that's that's the whole It still bothers him. He, yeah. he, he, was, he was mortified. That whole deal or test was mortified. JP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.